This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. It's 1921 on Power Business on the Line. I'm joined by Louise Boyce. We're having a conversation about AI and, you know, developing nations, the role that we have to play in uh, ensuring that uh, we play, we have our part in the AI uh, space. Of course, we know uh, in China and India, there's issues with chips that are being uh, put together and actually, dare I say, real AI industries and solutions coming out of it. But if you look at countries like our own here at home, uh, like, uh, you know, Selo Gyoso would have said earlier, at this point, we seem to just be consumers and imports supporters of AI and also joins us now on the line to help us unpack uh, what it would take for us to be able to build our own AI, to build our own, uh, you know, advanced tech industry that didn't rely on imports and that didn't rely on us just being consumers. Louisa, good evening. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Good evening to you. Good evening to the listeners as well. Let's talk about, uh, you know, South Africa and our ability, uh, Loiso, to play a meaningful role in uh, the issue of AI. Do we have what it takes, uh, you know, to be anything other than a consumer and an importer? Yes, I, I, in your introduction, you touched on it already. And it's, this, is, this is a bit unfortunate for us. We seem to be a importer across multiple areas. Yes, right now we're talking about AI. But across the board, from entertainment to the technology that we're using, whether it's hardware, whether it's software, uh, whether it's cloud services, email services, where our government officials should be using local stuff, we are very free and very eager and very open to be using international uh, offerings. The same thing applies to AI. So it's not so much to say that... um, around AI we are lacking. I think it's a general culture. That's something that we need to, to, to work on, but it is highly manifest in, in the technology space and the AI being cutting edge, unfortunately, is particularly felt in that regard where most of the providers, most of the services, most of the, 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 the voices driving the direction are doing that from outside, not just SA, outside the African continent. I'm also going to find out about, uh, you know, whether it's also an issue of skills, Louis, or is it a matter of vision? Is it a matter of uh, capital? Because sometimes capital is scarce. And from what I can tell, uh, globally, investing in new technologies such as AI is clearly something that does require big balance sheets and even uh, more than that, very intentional government support. You, you are being very fair and you are correct. So in my first comment, uh, maybe I was a little bit more on the uh, negative side, but there are there are systematic things that are keeping us uh, 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 on the back foot. So the issue of finance, right? Uh, a lot of these businesses, as you've seen, the biggest technology businesses operating out of the U.S., they run for many years, some more than a decade, without showing any kind of profit. Why interest rates are low? There's a thriving venture capitalist, private equity market there. Uh, things like Shark Tank, they, they invest in a lot of business. They lose a lot, but they'll make money on one, and then that one makes up for a lot. We don't have that culture in SA, right? Entrepreneurship on its very own is quite low. Uh, so it becomes difficult to expect there to be a thriving VC environment. So, yes, uh, unless you have large entities 
uh, that are investing. I'll, I'll mention this because mm. we have some dealings with places like the CSIR. Mm. Uh, I mean, they, 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 they are doing some work in that space. You know, they are doing work to set up local clouds. Uh, they, they've got uh, quantum computing simulation available built on local technology while built on cannibalized international technology. Uh, but with IT and different components, they've made it local. Uh, the stuff they're doing around AI. So we have some entities, but until we have a break-even point or a place where the private sector and more government departments can see the value and make a revenue from it, unfortunately, I don't see any pressing areas that are going to be a catalyst to driving AI forward in the local environment. In the past, you and I have had a conversation about cybersecurity and, you know, the importance of being able to, uh, you know, adequately respond to threats, even as a consumer. So even from that perspective, uh, Loiso, from a cybersecurity perspective, are we then investing enough? Are we on top of the technology? Would we be able to, uh, you know, uh, have homegrown solutions uh, for a homegrown situations? So, so, so yes. I mean, my background is information security. A bulk of our conversation around AI, my research, my exposure, my engagements with customers, stakeholders, providers around AI, the conversation has been centered around uh, how do we augment our cybersecurity offering, right? So, so from a cybersecurity perspective, there's definitely a difference uh, from a couple of years ago. I mean, we've been in the game for 10 years a few years ago, it was very hard to find any local providers with any local tools. Now, part of our offering includes secure communications, all fully locally built. We have tools that compete with, uh, with companies that sponsor large Formula One teams. I don't want to give them uh, unpaid for advertising. But we've got local entities that are, are competing with multi-billion dollar entities. And they are, they are punching above their weight from a technical perspective. So, so from a cybersecurity, there seems to be a bit more impetus. You've seen the regulator, there's rules around the regulator, uh, the cybersecurity crimes act, the police are starting to be taught. We, we are not there with AI. Mm-hmm. AI, there's the issues of ethics, there's the issues of rules. Uh, this AI is, is being programmed by humans. We can mm-hmm. say what we want to say, but it's, it's getting data from somewhere. It's scraping our university's data, it's scraping data from our companies, it's scraping your website, your podcast, the interviews that you are putting up, it's scraping all of that to give it some kind of uh, intelligence. But mm-hmm. it's got algorithms that will weight certain topics, certain genders, certain things, according to whoever approved the algorithm. So until we get to a point where ethically, psychologically, we're looking at the impact of AI, it's going to be tough. In my space, already we are implementing it because from a basic cybersecurity skills perspective, yes, we're saying cybersecurity is a, secure, is a secure career not so long ago, but from a basic monitoring, you don't need people there anymore. Microsoft has a whole product called Copilot, quite expensive at the moment, but in a couple of years it's going to be available to everybody. So a tertiary skill within cybersecurity is becoming defunct because of, of AI. It's happening across the board. So, unfortunately, we are on the back foot. We are receiving, we are paying chat GPT, we are, our texts are going abroad. And, um, yeah, there's a risk. It's a risk, and I, I don't have an answer to how do we manage it. 
Thank you. Certainly raise a question for us here. And maybe that's uh, something we should definitely uh, speak about in the future, the ethics around AI, because, you know, Aloiso, and we don't have to get into it tonight, but you mentioned the issues of human beings being behind these technologies, which means a human intention and human biases um, and human, uh, you know, aspirations can be behind these technologies. And that's not always a good thing, is it? No, 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 no. So we've seen it as short example uh, in, in the hiring space, right? Where, where the client that was using AI to assist in, uh, in shortlisting uh, CVs. What quickly came out is that what tends to be what we would refer to gender-specific roles, uh, the AI was falling in line to that. So the ladies were not uh, being shortlisted for the, for the most STEM positions but the more HR, the more soft skills positions. And when we look at it, it's because of questions, how the questions were getting answered. So that particular instance, not because somebody was, was being malicious, mm. but in how questions are phrased and, and, and put forward, our inherent blind spots and human biases come out, and they add up. And, and it's a small example, but imagine that in the medical space, med- mm. imagine that in the military field, in banking, when the risk and interest rates are supposed to be decided, it can get very hairy and tricky very quickly. Sure. Okay. Definitely going to schedule one for the future because I think uh, here it's one that uh, I think we even tried to mention recently with banks and how we don't know sometimes if just the the system is inherently biased, even if you, a user of a system, may not be uh, completely certain about that. So it's all we have time for this evening, but keen to keep engaging. Thank you for your time this evening. It's been a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Good evening. Fantastic. Go wow. That is cybersecurity expert, Louisa Boyce, really bringing some interesting things to the fore here about AI, about ethics. And really, uh, it seems that uh, at the 6th of February 2024, at half past 7 p.m., you and I are only consumers and importers of AI. Nothing uh, from our, our side, at least as South Africa. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.